Welcome to the Secret Life of Skin podcast. This podcast is dedicated to understanding and reversing the root causes of chronic skin conditions. I'm your co-host, board-certified nurse practitioner, Kristen Cunningham, together with functional medicine provider, Dr. Tara Odesky. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose or treat any medical condition. Always check with your personal healthcare provider before applying any of this information. Now, let's begin today's episode. Welcome to the Secret Life of Skin podcast. My name is Kristen Cunningham. Hi, I'm Dr. Tara Desky, and together we are going to be teaching you all about the underlying causes of chronic skin disease, such as rosacea and acne. Today, we're going to be hearing more about Kristen's story and how she was able to reverse her acne and how she now helps others do the same. So Kristen, let's start with a little bit more in depth about your own personal story. Um, Let us know what... What were some of the things that you tried along your acne journey that, um, that didn't actually work for you? Yeah, absolutely. So as some of you may know, I struggled with acne and it came for me out of the blue. So a lot of you who I see now, they tell me the same thing is that they always had clear skin and then suddenly they started breaking out and they cannot figure out what the root cause is because you didn't change anything in your skincare. And that's the same thing for me. I just started breaking out with more cysts and like the deep painful ones. And I couldn't figure out what was wrong because I hadn't changed my, my skincare. My skincare routine was the same as it always been. And it had worked well for me. I hadn't changed my diet. I didn't know of any reason why my skin would suddenly start breaking out. And so of course the first thing I did was I went and bought a ton of different skincare products. I was like, you know what? I saw this ad on Instagram for this company. I bought this line of products and I tried it for a few weeks and it seemed to help for a day or two or a week. And then it would just come right back. I thought, well, maybe if I buy more expensive brands. And so I went to like the more medical grade brands and go from there. So I was trying medical grade skincare. And again, it seemed to work for a few weeks and I would get hopeful and then my acne would come right back. So I'm sure many of you can relate to that where you're, you think it's a problem with something topically and culturally we are programmed to think about skincare as being the fix for acne. And when I realized that this is not something that's happening on the surface of my skin, you know, with some people, they can have a very disrupted skin barrier. And so topicals can be helpful in healing that barrier, but For me, that was not the case. For the vast majority of my acne patients, they've already tried everything topically and they are looking for answers to why, why is their skin breaking out? um, And what is the the internal root cause? And so, yeah, I think that many of my acne patients as well have tried antibiotics and birth control, spirulactone and retinoids and Accutane, all of these series of um, medications that sometimes they work temporarily, but then it comes right back. And what do you do? Once you've done Accutane or once you've tried spironolactone and your acne is still coming back, what do you do? The dermatologists really don't have an answer for you because that is their answer is the medications. And so my, my passion is through healing my own acne and helping others understand their acne is to, to help you identify what is that root cause of acne for yourself and reverse that. So you can enjoy clear skin and overall better health as well. So I, I think everything you said is so interesting and and I love hearing about the different, um, underlying causes of, of acne versus rosacea, um, because they are really different and they, they shouldn't be kind of grouped into the same. I mean, it is true that they're both, you know, have these underlying causes, but you've got to kind of go deep into each one individually. So I'm, I'm curious about Mm -hmm. when you talked about, um, 
the pill, because we see that so many times. I, I get a lot of rosacea people coming to me saying I had acne as a kid and I was put on the birth control pill. What's your opinion about that? And do you see that as a, a long-term solution for people with acne? Okay. That's a great question. And yes, I am continually just amazed by how many young girls are put on the birth control pill without any real thought of the long-term implications. I see many 14, 15 year olds well, they've been put on it at 14, 15 years old, and then they're coming to me in their mid twenties or even late, you know, in their thirties. And they've been on the pill for 10 years or more. Now they're at this impasse. Well, what do I do? I mean, I, I, now I need to stop the pill for whatever reason, or I want to stop the pill for whatever reason. And how do I manage my skin? Um, so yeah, I do not find the birth control pill will actually suppress your natural hormones. So it's kind of like overriding anything that's happening naturally in your body, which may actually improve your acne symptoms because a lot of times excess androgens or hormonal imbalances in of themselves cause acne. So and in the short term, it will suppress your hormones. So it kind of blocks that signal, but what it doesn't do uh, is fix the reason why your, your hormones are out of balance. Your hormones don't just start producing like excessive amount of hormones out of no, out of nowhere, just for no reason. There's always something that's driving your hormonal imbalance. And a lot of times um, that's inflammation, uh, which leads to insulin resistance. Insulin resistance is a state where even if you're, you, you need insulin to control your blood sugar. Insulin is absolutely um, necessary for life without insulin, you would die. But if you have too much insulin in your system, it can drive hormonal imbalances. It can make your skin cells proliferate or multiply too rapidly. It can make your skin or your oil glands more active so that you suddenly you have more oily skin, which are clogging your pores. So this state of insulin, high insulin levels, which also triggers hormonal imbalances starts forming this picture of acne. It sets the stage for acne and any other things that come along, like inflammation from the gut or the liver's poor detoxifying, or let's say you're not getting adequate sleep when you don't have sleep melatonin, you know, as a sleep hormone, but it also helps you detoxify estrogens and get rid of extra estrogen. So without proper sleep, suddenly all these things start building. Usually there's one thing that will kind of push you over the edge. A lot of times it will be uh, stress, a stressful life event or it could be a round of antibiotics that really just disrupts your gut. So something pushes you over, but you already have the stage sort of set for acne um, to begin with. So it's, it's very kind of interesting to unravel and it's really important for acne sufferers to understand what is going on internally. I love that you brought up the insulin resistance because I'm seeing this more and more with patients, um, even with rosacea coming to me and saying, well, I first noticed that um, my hormones were, were, you know, off. And for me in my mid forties, that was happening. And they're saying, well, you know, it's premenopausal and, you know, it, it, I knew that it wasn't, but um, mm -hmm. so I think people are developing these, you know, different symptoms. And so they, they go to a doctor and they say, well, my hormones are, you know, just not quite right. My periods are getting very heavy and they're being treated for, um, you know, this, hormonal imbalance when actually mm -hmm. if you were to peel the layers back, you would see that there's actually this insulin resistance going on, um, mm -hmm. that may not be detected in the doctor's office yet, but it's absolutely there. And yes. a lot of that you would need to address diet in order to change. So people are being put on these hormonal protocols, mm -hmm. but not, not having any sort of education about food and, yes. and what the food is doing. So let's just go into that a little more deeply. If someone 
does have this hormonal imbalance as a result of insulin, what would be the, the first step? And I feel like as Americans, we're all walking around with insulin resistance. What would be a couple of things people could start doing right away to try to, um, you know, address that insulin resistance? Absolutely. And you're absolutely right that most Americans, I believe the number is around 80% of Americans have some form of insulin resistance. You know, the most extreme form is diabetes. So this, if it's left unchecked, it will progress into diabetes, which is pancreatic failure. The the pancreas can no longer uh, make enough insulin to keep up with demand for insulin. So then you start having really high levels of glucose. But the important thing to remember is that your blood sugar levels or even your A1C uh, which is a more advanced measure of your blood glucose levels, they can be completely normal. Insulin is high enough. It will control your blood sugar. And so it'll keep your glucose in a normal range. And so I do see that people are like, oh, my glucose is normal. You know, you have to really understand the fasting insulin level and what is an ideal fasting insulin level versus what is a common fasting insulin level. There, there can be different things. I believe there was a study that showed in acne patients had twice the level of insulin in their blood than non-acne patients. And acne patients who had excess weight or overweight had four times the amount of insulin in their bloodstream. As far as what is the first thing? So we need to, the the, the most straightforward thing is addressing lifestyle things. And I'm all about free medicine. There are a lot of things that you can do for free um, that don't involve shelling out a lot of money for supplements or expensive things that we can do to start improving. So something is just thinking about what are we eating for breakfast? I find breakfast to be the most important meal of the day. And, and it's not so much when you eat it, but it's that first meal that, that actually breaks your fast, you know, that stops that fasting period that you have overnight. And we want to make sure that our first meal a day is, has enough protein that is, has healthy fats, has, you know, a source of fiber or complex carbohydrates. So it's not just, um, starches and sugars, which a lot of Americans are used to eating. So things like cereal or even oatmeal, when you're just loading it with raisins and brown sugar is very low in protein and healthy fats. Thinking about how to make breakfast a heartier meal and maybe a more savory meal. So you could do something like an omelet or even leftovers from dinner or something that's more savory that tends to set up your blood sugar for a more even curve throughout the day. And something to keep in mind is that when, when you wake up those first few hours after you wake up, your cortisol levels are high. Cortisol is the hormone that wakes you up in the morning and kind of gets you that jolt out of bed. And when your cortisol is high, you're naturally more insulin resistant. Your um, body is more sensitive to, to sugars that you may eat. And so if you can avoid eating a lot of sugars or starches in that morning time, um, if you're going to eat them, eat them later in the day, your body will be better able to, to tolerate it. So that's kind of the first step is to looking at what are you doing for breakfast and how can you make that a more hearty, savory meal? You really want to make breakfast like the biggest meal, lunch a little bit more lighter and then dinner the lightest. It kind of helps set your blood sugar curve up well. Also, it takes a long time to digest meat. So if you're eating a big meat meal at night, right before you go to bed, that might not be the best for your sleep. So if you can kind of move that protein earlier in the day, your body may be better able to to regulate blood sugar. Just another free thing is thinking about your sleep. How can you optimize your sleep? If your sleep is not well, then it's going to quickly throw out of balance a lot of other things. And I mentioned melatonin 
being important, but getting adequate sleep, feeling rested when you wake up in the morning. It's very hard to heal any chronic condition if your sleep is poor, if you are um, exhausted all the time. So the best things are to check in with those basics, which again are free before you go, you know, investing and a lot of other more involved things. You want to check in with those basics first. I think all that is fascinating. And I especially think it's fascinating that as consumers, we're being told to eat a, a breakfast of cereal, like sugary cereals. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go up and down the the aisles today in the grocery store, the, the aisle for cereal gets longer and longer. And longer. <laughs> like, I cannot believe how many cereals there are and they're all sugar, like yeah. sugar and gluten. And that's what we're being told to eat. And then like the snacking, like I look at, you know, the snack aisle for kids' lunches and it's like, okay, we have packs of crackers and packs of cereal and packs of cookies and packs and it's all carbs and like sugar carbs. This is what what people are snacking on. And like snacking also is, is something that I know um, is not great for someone dealing with insulin resistance. Like it's, it's just constant, your body's constantly having to deal with that. So, um, so great tips from you. And I hope this was helpful for people um, starting on this journey of acne and wanting some tips of, of what to do. I know that you guys are going to doctors and saying, what should I do? Shouldn't I be changing my diet? And sometimes you're being told, no, it has nothing to do with your diet. And we disagree. Mm-hmm. We feel like it has everything to do with your diet and you can make these changes. This is not something um, that you have to go and spend a ton of money on. You can follow our tips and um, stop Googling because Google doesn't always have the right answers. And hopefully we can help you with some guidance. Yes, absolutely. So um, again, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm the Acne NP on Instagram. I'll also link my website and Tara's website in the show notes so that if you want to learn more, if you want to get in touch with us, you have those resources. But yeah, thank you guys for listening in. And in our next episode, I'll be um, sharing more about Dr. Tara and she'll be sharing more about her approach. And so we can't wait to hear that. So thank you guys for joining us. Thanks guys. Thanks.